What happens when two separate health centers with similar missions decide to merge? Could the outcome mean a better organization and better care for the patients they serve? Listen in as I talk to two community health center CEOs as they explain the challenges and the blessings of becoming one. Hey y'all, welcome to the one in five, the show for those who want to know how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, and how to promote health in your community. I'm your host, Adam Renshaw, and in today's show, we have Dr. David Mark, and we have Colette Mild with us, and it's a real privilege to have these two here to talk about community health center mergers. Dr. Mark is the CEO of One Health, and Colette is an executive VP at One Health, a community health center that serves eastern Montana and northern Wyoming. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here this morning. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yes, no problem. Um, so, so today we're going to talk about health centers merging together, um, and uh Colette, I think I'm going to ask you a question first. Uh, you know, Heritage Health Center and One Health recently joined forces, and that's sort of the catalyst for this conversation. So, Colette, you were the CEO of Heritage Health Center before we merged. Now you've taken on a different role um, post-merger. And I just wanted to get a little bit of your story. Um, how did you get started in healthcare? How did you become the CEO of Heritage? And then... Um, how did uh, conversations begin between One Health and Heritage? I know that's three questions right off the bat. If you don't remember them, I'll, I'll prompt you again. No worries. So, like, how did you get started in healthcare? Why don't you start there? Okay. So, actually, the three questions kind of domino into each other. Um, I had a different path to healthcare. Uh, got a master's degree in public relations, health communication, doing health campaigns, that kind of thing, which kind of put me into the nonprofit world, working as a program manager for the Cancer Society and then actually a cancer program in Wyoming. While down there, I met some folks who were um, interested in getting a, a health center started. They submitted a new access point grant and received it, um, and they needed somebody to run their clinic. And they said, hey, we're opening a clinic. Do you want to be the CEO? And I said, well, sure. What a trip. We'll try it. <laughs> so, um and in there, I also worked at a hospital um, as a transport tech, so learned a lot about radiology and patient care, and um, which I found to be super helpful in being on the administrative side. Not that I know or pretend to know what it's like to be a doctor or a nurse or anything um, close to that, because they are amazing and they, and they do they make the difference at our at all of our health centers. But it's been really good to understand that a little bit on the admin side and have that experience as well as the the promotional marketing um, programmatic stuff. So my my route was a little bit different, but that's kind of how I ended up um, getting asked if I wanted to open up an FQHC. And they said, okay, we got the grant in June and we have to be open by September. Oh, man. And off we went and we didn't really stop since then. Um, one of the, and how we actually ended up um, kind of that initial 
meeting with Dr. Mark and Bighorn Valley and One Health was that we came up here actually um, between June and September when we opened just to see what another FQHC looked like, what, you know, what were they doing? How were they doing it? Um, So that was actually my initial conversations um, with, at the time, Bighorn Valley, now One Health and Dr. Mark. And then um, they you know, occasionally just chatted throughout the years when there was a question or concern or something came up. And then um, obviously more recently decided that we were better together than apart. Love it. Um, Quick question, though, going back to, uh, were you familiar with the FQHC world? Were you familiar with community health centers? I mean, you said you had worked at a hospital, but did you have any like toes dipped into this world? I was not. The only aspect that I knew of was um, as, as a side gig when I was getting a, um, my master's in healthcare administration, I was also teaching an undergrad class in um, healthcare administration at Sin College. And there was a section in one of the teachings that I had to do in one of my classes for all our students on the different types of healthcare. And there was a very small, you know, two paragraph section on FQHCs. And so that, that had been my previous experience to FQHCs is they were, they're not prominent in Wyoming. Um, We're, we're kind of starting the movement down there. There, there's a few of them down in more Southern part of the state, but uh, they were completely um, new to Northern Wyoming. But yeah, that was my experience with FQHC. So when they said, you know, we we're just going to see how it goes, it really was kind of a experiment, I guess. It nice. worked out great. A lot learned, obviously, through the process, right? Yes. I feel um, I, I don't have a ton of years in FQHC, but the years I do have um, were where a lot of experiences all rolled up into one. I agree. Like I'm the same. I, you know, I've been actually, I'm almost on seven years in May. It'll be seven years here. Um, and this is my first, uh, uh, experience with healthcare period. Um, and then the community health center world is, is obviously a, a lot different too. My wife's been a nurse, uh, our, my whole, the whole time I've known her, right? Ever, ever since I've known my wife, she's been a nurse. So she, she's been in healthcare, and um, now it's kind of interesting. Our conversations, we they're just she's fascinated by the community health center world and and all that I'm learning through you know being a part of this process and 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 so yeah, it's 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 just a process, right? It's it's more about the desk. Uh, it's not necessarily about the destination but about sort of how you get there right and the process of going through it so it's, it's really fun um so you you met dr mark uh when heritage was getting started was that the name of it when you guys was that the name you guys had for it when you were first starting so like with all um wonderful fqhcs you have a legal name which is powell healthcare coalition that nobody likes and is really long <laughs> so to make things worse we always have a dba so yeah. um the nonprofit group that wrote for the grant was powell healthcare coalition and then they uh did a doing business as heritage health center okay and CHCs are run by a board of directors right so that powell healthcare coalition was probably that board of directors okay Cool. And now, and okay, I I won't say now. I won't get to now. We're still getting to now. Hold up, Adam. Okay. So you met Dr. Mark during that period. um, But then you were sort of alluding to 
that growth never stopping. And so tell me a little bit about what led to you guys. Did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? How did conversations start about you starting to think, hey, maybe we need to think about this differently. Maybe we need to do something differently. I might defer to Dr. Mark on that one. Actually, I mean, I'm personally from the heritage side of things. We went from one clinic um, on on Powell Main Street to having three buildings on Powell Main Street um, and then an additional two clinics in Grable and Lovell. Um, on the admin side, we had myself and a biller and an occasional um, sometimes quality, sometimes other things. So that was about the admin staff we had to support the three buildings and three clinics. So we were a little short on that side of things. So a little infrastructure was needed. And we had really been thinking strongly that we needed a whole new building in Powell because we, um, at the time, were starting to see we had almost 100 new patients a month coming to us in the times leading up to the merger. So, I mean, we wow. just were really... Um, increasing our size at a, at a fast rate and um, starting to look at that need for additional capacity to be able to support that and not get kind of swallowed up by your growth and growing too fast. And capacity not only in space, but also in people, mm-hmm. probably medical providers as well. As you begin to grow at such a rapid rate, you don't have the capacity to be able to meet the patient demand. Definitely. Right. Uh, Dr. Mark, Talk to me a little bit about how you and Colette got connected. Just to, <clears throat> to give some, some of our listeners may be from uh, non-rural places. They might be from, from urban areas or suburban areas. And the the amount of growth that Colette just described is amazing. It is is off the charts. To go from not even existing to uh, seven, year, seven short years later being uh, serving thousands of patients in in a in a relatively small you know uh, sparsely populated area uh, with three different physical locations um, that is incredible and and to do so without having a lick of of experience working at a community health center is is incredible um, in, in you know as as you were dis- describing being sort of tapped to run a community health center uh, you know part of me wonders probably part of the reason you were chosen is because you didn't know what you were getting into fully. I don't know that anybody, you know, who has a concept of how complicated, how difficult, how demanding this job is would actually sign up. I don't think my husband (laughs) he was signing up for all the, uh, the moving of furniture and hanging of things. And (laughs) yeah, all the different hats that you have to wear as the CEO of a budding you, you health center had to during that seven year period had to learn how to yeah had to do physical remodeling had to had to balance you know incredibly complicated financial books how to do all manner of it how to be an hr expert and then have to deal with you know just the inevitable challenges that arise day in day out when you're when you're running a, an organization you know going through this period of ex- exponential growth yeah so it's remarkable yeah um so how did you guys connect? Well, we, one of the one of the mantras in in the community health center world is to steal shamelessly and share recklessly. Right? We've all heard that that phrase used. And in the very early days, um, when when the application was being generated to start the Powell Healthcare Coalition and and write for that new access point grant, um, 
one of their their board members, Bill Baker, had reached out to me and and, and just said, "Hey, can you? You know, I don't want to write a whole bunch of policies. How about you? We just and so I just we just sent ours over and we shared. So smart. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what we did when we were getting started. So it's it's a common practice. And so um, and so we we that that began a relationship that just sort of grew through the years. As it happens, we the two organizations independently arrived at um, the same electronic health record, which uh, was different than the, the, the electronic health record being used by the majority of the community health centers in our region. And so we were very unique in that regard, and which I think was telling because from our both of our perspectives, we actually had made the right choice in choosing this particular. So it was almost like you noticed, Oh, they're wearing a purple shirt too. Kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we both have purple shirts on. We so both chose purple for a reason. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there must be something there. And, um, and I think that, um, and so that led to sort of lots of um, sort of how can we help each other learn how to use this tool better? How can we, you know, adapt it better? Um, and, uh, and that um, sort of began growing the relationship that we, that had already existed. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then, after that, what happened? Well, the um, the the challenge the challenges facing you know health centers in rural America are are pretty incredible. Um, in in areas of the country where we don't have a lot of resources, we're not a city where we can walk down the street and find uh, lots of people with specialized expertise. Um, we we're not able to sort of post for job openings and have the ability to select from a, a large roster of applicants. Sure. So I- against that backdrop, the, the complexity and the challenges facing healthcare are just mounting every day. Um, so Colette and I both experienced this, this process of like, we, we wanted, we knew what our communities needed in terms of the breadth of services, the, the, um, the, the amount of need, the compelling stories that were driving us to want to, you know, get, um, a better organization for our communities and to meet the needs that were that we could see every day to do that required lots of um, lots of stuff we yeah. need we need people we need we need licensed clinicians of every variety we wanted an integrated model so we needed medical and behavioral health and dental ideally dental and pharmacy pharma- yeah all those folks yes to hire those and attract those we need hr specialists we needed an infrastructure for all that. So if people who knew about facilities and who knew about information technology and, and then were required by the by the the federal government to report lots of data, lots of quality data and financial data. So we needed experts in finance. We needed experts in quality. We needed experts in data aggregation. And Colette learned all those skills. We had to learn all those things. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> after a while and after a period of growth, that doesn't be, you can't really keep that up. Right. Good. So, um, so we joined. We joined together. Yeah, we realized that you get to a point where it's like, you know, we can, we can, we're better together if we do this stuff sure. together. We can share things. Yes. You know, that's, I was just listening to a podcast that we had done as in sort of preparation for this one uh, about merging and, and that, that was a big theme was um, being able to share resources. One, I mean, like-minded, 
right? That was another piece of it, um, realizing that, hey, we have really similar missions. We have really similar goals. We're serving similar populations in rural areas, right? And so uh, that as well. And then just being able to uh, share resources uh, across all of the different uh, sites, cities that we serve and have more access uh, to, to people, uh, to, to things, to technology, that type of stuff in order to be able to continue to advance the mission. So I, it kind of seems like that's where you're going with this. Yeah, too, well, the other, you know, the, the, one of the super compelling things that we've learned through joining with organizations is that we all get better. Yeah. Because yeah. none of us has, has the whole story. None of us has the whole, we don't know how to do everything. And so we can, we learn so much from each other, you know. And, Agreed. And, and that learning happens much more um, actively and much more creatively when we're all a part of the same organization and, and can share, you know, something that was discovered, you know, some folks in, working in the trenches in, in Grable figured out a great way to do this and we want to spread it through the whole organization. Sure, Or sure. from Chinook, you know, like from, from, you know, expertise happens all over. And, um, and so when we do, you know, join together, we can, we can share that. So talk a little bit about the process of two health centers coming together. Is it pretty complicated? Um, is there a lot of work that needs to be done? Um, how does that all come about from a high level? Don't, don't get down into the weeds on it, Colette, but maybe just explain (laughs) like what that's like. Um, I, I think that it, it is complicated, um, Bottom line, I don't think it's ever simple. We had hoped that it would be simple because we were on the same EHR, and as it turns out, that really wasn't the case. So <laughs> you live and you learn. Um, I, I think it is complicated, but I think it's also a mindset with the two organizations. So, um, you know, our our staff was so resilient, and we were just actively, you know, talk, we actively talked about the merge, what was coming up, how things were going to change for them, if it wasn't going to change. You know, we looked at policies. Ironically, some of the policies we changed then came back and then Bighorn changed theirs. And so it was a, you know, you have to kind of figure out a way to enmesh within each other. And, and um, you know, I feel like with our merge, it really was a merging of two health centers. Um, we did a lot of work around looking at processes and processes that we were doing um, as Dr. Mark alluded to that maybe some sites weren't doing that maybe were more effective and those changes were made and vice versa changes were made at Pell. But I mean, we really did merge and kind of try to, to get the best of both worlds. But you know, it's, it's, you know, like you get really excited for the merge and then you kind of get merger fatigue, like, Oh my gosh, is this ever going to end every day? Things are changing. And then it kind of settles out and, you know, and, we just had really good feedback and everybody um, has been so uh, excited and happy for the opportunity to be able to talk to people from other places and see what they're doing and um, and really liked the camaraderie of realizing that all these other sites are doing this great work too and um, just the people in those other sites. And so people have really enjoyed that from all aspects, whether it be billing, nurses, um, leadership staff. So I think, um, that, that part, it, it's definitely complicated, (laughs) no doubt about it. Just the, the paperwork in itself is complicated. Um, but 
in terms of making it work, I, I think it's the mindset of the two two groups. And, and that's where you really do have to have two people who are interested in, in that type of work and that type of groupings. Because um, if you had one that wasn't, it, it really wouldn't work. Sure. And committed, right? Sorry, go ahead, Dr. Mark. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it, if you think about it, it's sort of like we're creating a bigger community, a bigger family, and there are no stepchildren. You know, that we, you know, we are one organization. We are one center where everybody's loved, everybody's valued, everybody's voice is important. And so that's easy to say, but then we have to actually make that happen. Yeah, very difficult to do. The work of doing that is, you know, stuff that we remind ourselves day in, day out. We have, that's, that's our, that's our role. That's our job. That's the task before us. And, um, and that, that's really, you know, the, the, the technical aspects of bringing organizations together are, you know, they're, they're challenging, but they're, they're doable. It's just, you know, it's just a whole bunch of paperwork and a whole bunch. They're of probably a little stuff. more straightforward than dealing with combining two cultures, right? Exactly. Two organizational cultures. I mean, because it's it's probably pretty prescriptive when it comes to here's what we have to do in order to finalize this merger. But how do we become one? And and ultimately, it's it's not even it's not like we're just combining two. We're, we're creating a new culture, sure, a sure. new yeah. uh, where we all. Um, get better, where we all um, see things slightly differently and do things slightly differently and, and are different because the act of, of coming together, we all change in the process. We all get better in the process in, in, in many ways. So we've talked about some of the benefits of two organizations coming together and then becoming one. Um, so we've talked about it from an organizational level. Let's talk about it Real quick, I want to get your guys' take on how does a merger like this benefit our patients? How does this a merger like this benefit the communities that we serve? Anyone? The um, we describe this period of um, of a stressed out director of a of an individual community health center wearing a million hats, bogged down by burdens left and right. Um, and really just churning day in, day out to keep the place going. And when that happens, um, our, our patients aren't deriving the benefit of that creative, visionary individual doing what she or he does best. And so I would say that one of the immediate benefits to our communities and patients is we, we unlock the potential of really good people because suddenly they have the time and the space to pursue and develop the gifts that they have uniquely been given. And mm. so their ability to serve our communities is, is, is unleashed. Um, cause we, we can take off, you know, stuff from an overburdened plate that really should be distributed to others in the organization. Um, and that, that one change is, I can't, you know, overstate how important that is in terms of the benefit then that that derives to our patients and communities, because sure. So much of what our what our patients and communities deserve is um, healthy, creative, engaged, and inspired um, people serving them, and we we do that better when we, when we go through this process. Nice. It's um, it's like oh, I forget the term, but there's a the it's doing what you do best, right? It's like not having a doctor um, mop the floor. 
right? You don't want a doctor to be cleaning the facilities because that's not what they do best, right? And so is that sort of what you were describing, Dr. Mark, with like Colette having to wear all these hats? I mean, you did it too. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean to knock Colette's skill as a drywall hanger. <laughs> exactly, really good at exactly. But, um, but yeah, exactly. There's, when, when, we, when we can all sort of, you know, function to the, to the, to the, you know, highest level of our license or to whatever guess we've been there doing. And when we can use those fully, it um, it's really beneficial. Well, and then you guys didn't have like dental services, right? Which I'm sure was something that you had a heart to provide or pharmaceutical services, right? Right. To that end, we had, we contracted for those services okay. and then hopefully, you know, by merging it opens up the opportunity that as we grow, we're able to do that. But um, to that exact point, even more simplistic is just economies of scale. I mean, period. You can, with more people, you can, um, you know, bulk purchasing or, you know, your med supplies cost less. Um, you know, our sliding fee actually was higher than the One Health sliding fee. So the immediate benefit our patients saw was some of our patients went from having to pay $20 per visit to zero. Nice. So, uh, so that was a huge part of the conversation around merging too, because you, you, you look at staff, um, you look at culture, you look at your community, um, but ultimately you look at your patients. And at the end of the day, the final decision really isn't about, isn't about any one person. It's about does merging, does this decision to merge make it better for our, op, you know, provide better access, better opportunities for our patients to receive care? And it was a no brainer. Yes. You know, it just provides financial security to be able to provide more to increase, you know, you reference pharmacy and dental, you know, those service lines are, are difficult to do unless you have um, a grouping of people to really a monitor it, um, figure out how to make it financially viable, all of those things. And so um, to do that as a small health center, probably not going to happen to be able to do that as a grouping of small health centers might actually, you know, I shouldn't say might actually were obviously making it work. Sure, um, sure. And so, and and so, yeah. The 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 choice to merge is really, really the linchpin is the fact that it's it's going to do more for patients. Awesome. And one other thing, we you know as a as a larger organization, um, and ideally a little bit more diversified, and we're serving different communities. We're st we're more stable. Thank and you. I'm glad you brought that up because I just was reading this story about the Silicon Valley bank, um, yeah. in, in California, right. That collapsed. And, uh, they were saying that one of the reasons why it collapsed was because it didn't, it wasn't properly diversified. I mean, it was, it had all its eggs in one basket basically. And so when that sector fails, um, it, it really creates a, a bad situation for that bank. And so what you're saying there, right, Dr. Mark, is that as an organization, we're more diversified now. We're not invested solely in one community and say the economy of one community, right? We can spread that around. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we have different service lines and we're, we're engaged in different, you know, work in our communities. And, um, and so our, our staff, um, have a little bit more security, the, a, li a little bit more sort of sense of you know we can we can deal with a with a healthcare world that seems to get more complicated and more volatile and more uncertain every day. 
you know, because sure. we're a part of an organization that that is, you know, will weather this storm, we'll make it. And is it safe to say that those staff who experience that greater sense of security are able to pass that on to those that they serve? I mean, is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 to be to be clear, you know, one of the biggest benefits that community health centers bring to a community is is by hiring good people, creating a, a, an organization where people can feel like they're there for the long term. They have careers. They have um, opportunities that aren't just a job, but are really a part of something bigger. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming in. What a great story, Colette. I've never heard that before. I didn't know how you got started, and I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to ask you about it and talk to you about it. I really hope uh, that our listeners are able uh, to take away some good uh, good points from this, particularly on how merged health centers uh, can better serve their communities and the impact that it has on those that they serve. So thank you guys again for coming in. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next time.